Episode 9, Dejaric, a.k.a. Hollow Chess. What the fuck? Hello, and welcome to Star What the F***. I am your host, Jason Tagmeyer, along with... Alex Strang. And Marty Cap. Today's episode is Dejaric, also known as Hollow Chess. Uh, everybody should remember the scene from A New Hope, where they're on the Millennium Falcon, and C-3PO basically tells R2 to let the Wookiee win. Uh, Chewbacca and R2 are playing a heated game of, I guess most people would just call it I mean, they do call it hollow chess. I don't know. It's officially okay. or Here's how it works. Hollow chess is a basic game, and Dejeric is a variation of that game. Okay, so Dejeric's the rule set they're playing. Yeah, right? Dejeric is the version of the game they're playing. I don't know what that entails, because... Have we seen other it versions? Is, it might be yeah. the specific characters, the specific monsters they're using, or... Yeah, it could be, you know, it's like, or... you know, playing a variation Wait, of chess. I always check, if I don't know what a name means, I always quick mentally check if it means anything backwards. <laughs> Some things are like that. No, sure. that doesn't, that doesn't no. quite work, no. no. It's always worth checking. No, no, that's a good point, though. <laughs> yeah. That's a good sci-fi. Yeah, have we ever seen any other versions of it besides the Jared? We do see Hollow Chess in a couple of comics. We oh, do yeah? see, there are other variations. Mm. I don't know as much about them as I know about the Jared, I guess. Sure, sure. So the interesting interesting thing about this episode is we have three game designers here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, uh, we have all made board games at one point. So so this is this kind of hits close to home, and uh, while we normally speculate on where these things fit in the Star Wars universe and the hows and whys, this time we can speculate on how this game actually plays. Right. Um, if you've seen the board, it looks kind of like a darts board. It does. That's it does. It, really, it actually, almost looks you, identical to Darts board, except for there's no numbers around the board. You, you pulled up an image of of the board, and it does. Like I thought you were pulling up a dart board. I was yeah. like, what, what does that have to do with this? Take a dart board, lay it down flat on the table. It has a. It's 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 all circular, and the set there's a center circle which right. kind of resembles a bullseye. And then what two circles after that? Right? There's two circles on the outside of that that are black and white checkered. <laughs> the first circle has like twelve sections. The inner circle? The, 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 uh, the, the middle circle has 12 right. sections. The center circle is just one, and the outer circle had, I don't know, 13 or 14 or something like that. It's yeah. whatever it works out to be. Uh, and then outside of there, there's there's little lights. I think one side is green or blue, the other side is red. Oh, I never noticed the lights. Yeah, there's little little lights going around the sides of it. Yeah, that so they alternate? or No, they're, they're just one color, and I think it's like a on this picture that I have here. One side is red, and the other side is uh, blue. That probably indicates player or scoring. Or like, scoring. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks like player some, scoring specifically. Right. Uh, the first time watching it, you can't really tell what's going on, but I thought almost they were like little buttons they were hitting. But uh, after reading up a little bit, it, it looks like those are those are some sort of uh, counters. Of some uh, sort. That makes actually makes sense because. R2-D2 couldn't probably hit buttons. He's so, got some kind of arm that pops out of hey, his head. Hey, and hey, they removed that between the prequels. They removed all of his good stuff. between they the that movie. too? Yeah, they removed everything from him. Like, he got like really they sc- gave him flying ability. Yep, and then they removed it, so now he can't even press a button. But he can still play well, chess. When you see this game being played in, in the movie, um, we all know it's, you know, it's a, it's a, 
holographic style, uh, 3D looking kind of pieces moving around that all look like creatures. And, the, and they're, they're fighting each other. Right, they move and fight. My, now that you guys have brought this whole thing up, how are they actually controlling it? That's the whole thing. Is it, it, it? It's almost like watching a movie, like watching them fight. Like a game requires interaction. Like but they're I, talking about winning and losing. Yeah, exactly. C-3PO is about ready to let so Chewbacca win. So what does that mean? There's something he's doing. And you don't. I don't think you physically see Chewbacca pick one up and move them. I feel like they kind of they almost do it on their own. Well, if I had to take a guess, it would be... It is voice command, or it's something. But if I had to take an other guess, I have a 3D render of a degeric board. Okay. And along it, you can see there's three buttons, a purple, a yellow, and a green. Ah, I see that now too. You see? And and I have a feeling that that's probably how you control it. You press those buttons. Now, that's incredibly fake because three buttons is not enough to control what's probably like 12 figures. Maybe on it's the combos. Maybe it's the combos of the buttons yeah. or the order you press them. Or, or how many thing. you press at one time, you know. Basically, <laughs> nowadays, if you made a hollow chess board, it'd be voice command. Like, it'd be like, you know... You yeah, but you couldn't play that discreetly. It, it, wouldn't, it would be iPhone-controlled, actually. You, you know, yeah, yeah right. it would be command. like... You'd be sitting across the world, and you'd have this holochess in somebody else's house, and they'd be playing against you on the internet. Well, the problem with uh, voice command stuff like that is it's not discreet. You couldn't play it secretly. You'd have to play it, and everyone would hear what you're doing. <coughs> <laughs> 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 Boy, that's, that's my... Move to the... <laughs> Man, that's one really intelligent voice reader, because if it was like... Imagine if you were playing that game, and Siri was the voice command. Like, be like, all right, move... Um, what, What's a random monster? Uh, I, I had one. Mantillion Savrip... To A6. Uh -huh. be like, call Mantil Barris? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, hold on a second. Wait. First of all, that doesn't make any sense, because that means, how is it going to understand what the Wookiee says? So that's what I was going to say. What would be really interesting, <laughs> voice, a voice-commanded thing in Star Wars universe also has to know tons of languages. Right. Well, we already know that machines can know tons of languages. C-3PO. Yeah, he knows at least what? What's, True. what's, a, what's the number? Uh, six it's, million forms of communication. Do you think, six million you think 3PO is actually all. translating in this game? Like... Doing his translation skill? I've never seen him do his translation skill. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we see him do it once. <laughs> what, in Jabba's Palace? Was no, that... he, he translates. Well, he does it for Jabba's Palace. Actually, he does it all in Return of the Jedi, because he does that. They finally came around and said, oh, crap. Because <laughs> otherwise, everyone speaks the same language in Star Wars. So you yeah, don't, yeah. don't need C-3PO. Yeah, because he, uh, he speaks to the Ewoks. So he well. is useless. He tells... Uh, he, actually... Doesn't he speak bocce at some point? No, he well, yeah, because he speaks uh, bocce because that's what he needs. That's what he's hired to do. Yeah, and he also. Oh, speaks, I guess he doesn't speak it, but he says he can speak bocce. Yeah, he says he can speak. <laughs> so bocce. he is absolutely. Useless but he also knows. But we can also know that he speaks binary apparently as well. So I knew he was useless. And that's why he's abandoned in the first place. <laughs> no one wants him. But anyway, Ugh. so um, my question is: before we get into the nitty gritty of the game a little more. Why would you play a robot in a game of chess? Because in the real life right now, we have robots that are better than people. Uh, that's yeah. not true. Somebody beat the Jeopardy robot. Yes. Uh, well, what yeah. was his name? Was it Ken si Jennings or Simon? What was the name of it? Winston. Win. Was that? Yeah, know. the Jeopardy computer. Yeah. That's um, not, that's, I'm not talking about that. We know. Base. We we've beaten a chess. We've beaten several chess champions with a computer that knows how to play chess. Right. In, in the future of Star Wars, we have computers that are completely functional AIs. Yeah, but I don't think R2-D2 could be that Well, that great. is the thing. Is, is that R2-D2's specialty? He may not he, be yeah, that sophisticated. Truly, you know? I don't he think is. he's all that sophisticated. But he can at least beat a Wookiee. We know that. Because he is winning. That might not mean much. 
That's true. It might be easy. Actually, the other question is, though, is that how? why would R2-D2 be threatened by uh, Wookiee removing moving his arms when he doesn't have arms? He has legs. Got, well, I can rip that off. Yeah, he can remove the legs. Of course, R2-D could I fly get, with I really think legs. that it's 3CPO is afraid of his arms getting ripped off. C3PO. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. if I was Chewbacca, and I, if I was Chewbacca, and man, I would go after the... Diplomacy droid translator yeah. droid first. Maybe yeah, I mean really if if, very if Chewbacca could rip the arms off, who knows what he's gonna do? He could rip the side off of that Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and they all go down. Do you think um, the game is mounted to the floor? I have a question for asking that. Or do you think it's freestanding? Uh, I, I have so a reason thinking to ask of that question. Thinking of logistics, if somebody sold a board game that had to be mounted... <laughs> well, it's on uh, a spaceship, though. I, I mean, know, like, is it custom? Was that, like, a custom Dejaric board? That, uh, they would, well, I imagine Han Solo wouldn't spend that kind of money. I think he bought it because it was on sale and he needed an actual regular table. And they were like, well, you know, if we buy this hollow chest one... Right, it just happens it, it also functions as a game that me and you can play But I want to know if it's we, actually mounted to the floor permanently or can be moved around. So, uh, whether it is or not, to me, having a hollow chest board on your Millennium Falcon is like having a mattress in the back of your van. Ah! <laughs> it was just like the thing that you did. Well, I want to know because if it's not mounted, that means it could be the table could get flipped. If it's mounted on the floor, Chewbacca wouldn't be able to flip the table. But that wouldn't have any of the same satisfying like result of flipping a table full of board game parts. Because it's hologram. What if it because it wouldn't, most... it wouldn't have that like tumble. This is this is kind of interesting. Is is the Dejaric board in the Millennium Falcon could be the most epic flip the table ever? Is if you go to the controls of the Millennium Falcon and spin the ship, <laughs> and so like... the table flips and everything goes. Because <laughs> they the have place. artificial gravity, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, you have to turn off the gravity and then. Flip. But wait, but there's but holograms. Like, they may not have any weight. May not. Matter. Uh, that's what I was just gonna say. Is does a hologram? You know. So what's the how actually do you flip the table? With to be completely thing? honest, if it was into the, sealed into the ground, it makes it just as epic. That he could flip it over, uh, it's like because Jack he would be Nicholson ripping and, uh, it, like ripping it off the ground and like. Uh, it's a Jack it. Nicholson movie where the, the guy rips the sink out of the wall. Exactly. <laughs> so if Chewbacca nice. were to flip the table, <laughs> what happens to the holograms? Are they just still I there? Think, I like to think that if it was still on, they, go with the they would tumble with it, and they'd be like, "Oh God, we're free!" And then, then they just disappear. <laughs> they become real. Like, Maybe they become real. <laughs> oh, that would be so. There, is there an expanded universe story about the Dejaric board characters escaping the Dejaric board? That sounds so good. Like I'm I sure. That, well, I'd like to see some they, Star Wars characters get turned into them, the holograms, yeah. and they have to play on a chessboard. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about fun. that. What you just said. The Star Wars universe has, and I think it was the Dark Horse comics, had a series called Tales of Star, Tales from Star Wars, yeah. and it had a tra tradition of having really silly stories. Like uh, one of the the, mo the most famous example I think I could think of is uh, Skippy the Droid or Skippy the Lucky Droid, I think it was called, which was about the red droid that exploded in Episode Four. He comes back and he's like the world's luckiest droid, and he can use the Force, and he's like super crazy. <laughs> It's like it's a really it's it's a jokey story. So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, so there actually likely is a story where the Tetris the Jared yeah. board comes to life, like something that should exist. Exactly. That would be you know. So I have a question about the game itself. Well, a comment. Yeah. How about that? Maybe you guys can help me. I've seen lots of live chess games in the real world. You know, Renaissance fairs, things like that. Other kinds of games where people are acting like chess pieces, and other games too. But I'm thinking of the chess. And none of these games ever made any sense to me when I watch them. Because it makes no sense. So you move your piece like a chess game in the real world. In this case, you command someone to move to another space, for example. 
That's the game. Why do you have to have them fight? It doesn't make any sense. I, so I, if, if, if my knight captures your pawn, that's enough. Pawn gets removed. I don't need to see the knight have combat with the pawn. I, I would disagree with that. If they made, and they do, like an iPhone version of chess. Right. And at the point where the two character, the two pawns were to, to go at each other, yeah. I feel like I've seen some with cutscenes where it actually shows the battle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a cutscene. So who to cares? me, that, that's what it is. It's a cutscene. Yeah. I mean, unless they're fighting really to see who wins, in which case it just slows the game of chess down. That is true. It would do that. So if you're doing like well, it doesn't even game. slow it down. It makes it less strategic in that. That too. I, you yeah. know, I'm not going to move this piece because I know it's going to fit. I can't think uh, of any reason to have this. Based on my point. But going back to what you just said, you a little factoid: uh, during the Yu Zhang Vong's invasion of the galaxy, Warmaster Zavong La took a liking to the game and had his shapers create a version of the game with actual living pieces. So they did do. In the Star Wars universe, at a reenacting like they do at Renaissance What's that version Fair. called? I don't know. Probably live action to Jared. I don't know. <laughs> to be completely honest, that's no longer canon because the Yu Zhang Vong are terrible. Well, well, how bad are they? What do you mean? They just... I, you know, we'll save an episode for them. Uh, they're just fair that enough, bad. Fair enough. All right. But so, uh, anyway... So, Dejaric was a popular game which withstood the test of time better than nearly any other game in the galaxy. It originated as a Jedi game, though became more widespread over time. Many beings became unaware of its origins. Uh, so what's interesting about that is there's more games in the galaxy, and right. that Jedi played to Jarek. Yes. We at least know that there's one other game called Pizak, okay. and which is from uh, Knights, of the, uh, Knights of the Old... Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> um, so that and that's just a basic card game. That one's really boring, yeah. but because uh, Dejeric has at least cool looking pieces. Yes. Um, so, but I could see why this game would stand the test of time because chess stood the test of time. Ah, yeah, it's sure. hollow chess. It's and, you know. yeah, it's just it's just chess. But it was like imagine if we made a game of chess, but instead of knights we had dragons. It's kind of like that, which we do see in real life. People make chessboards like that. Right, sure, but they don't. But is there any point to seeing the dragons fight when they run into the same space? Well, only in a video it's, game version of that. It's entertainment while you're. Just, it's entertainment while you're sitting on the board of a But don't you feel when you watch the movie and you see them, the pieces fighting? There's more to it than just the entertainment. Like there is a possibility who might win. Is is it? Oh, it's it's chance. Well, that's, that that is a com- well, that that's is what a I'm wondering. Is, it, I so think if it, a bigger creature runs into a small creature. Does it always kill the small creature and win, or is there a chance that it could go either way? Well, I, for for me, the, it, it changes you from the game of chess where where you know the answers to a game of something like Risk where you don't know the answers. So you think it is a, a more chance? I think it just game. introduces the element of chance, okay. um, which well, which to me is a better game too. Right. Which you would have to because apparently, okay. according to Wikipedia, it was used for gambling. So uh, that moment of chance uh, yeah. would make it a better gambling game. Sure. Now, of course, you can gamble to anything. I could gamble you right now that I can't drink. I can drink this whole bottle of water. But but you already did. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a terrible that's, bet. That, but yeah, you know. But like, uh, <laughs> I see. I'll bet you can't drink that whole bottle of water because you already did. I'll win. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? That's a game of skill. I I can drink a whole bottle of water if I'm trained to drink a whole bottle of water. Uh. It would be painful if I drank a whole bottle of water, but. So uh, that's what makes a poker game, a gambling game, a gambling game, and not a in a, in a casino is that everything is based purely on right. chance, like, with some exceptions. You know, you get one choice. But do you think the Jerk is a game of choices? Like, is it? Uh, chess is a game of great choices because you can just move basically every piece. It 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 has to be a game of choices because otherwise there's no way that R two can't let 
or can even let Chewbacca win is he needs to make the poor choice right. in order to let him win. So let's assume they, they'd make choices probably by pressing buttons or using their brain, brain power. Well, that's not really part Actually, of Actually, that's role. another thing. Do you think there's a dexterity element in pressing the buttons at the right time? It like could be pressing pick, the buttons at the right time. It could be a, it could be simultaneous reveal where we both choose a character that's going to go into right. it. Like, do you start with your heavy hitter or do you throw in your little guy? And um, maybe pre-program your moves and let it all happen. All right. So here's a little bit of info. Uh, the Jarek was played on a hollow game table, which compromised, or which which comprised a hologram generator within a table-sized cylindrical base with black and white checkerboard pattern on the top surface. Uh, when active hollow monsters, full-color, three-dimensional hologram playing pieces measuring between 5 and 30 centimeters tall would be projected on the board. The pieces all resemble creatures real and mythic from throughout the galaxy. These pieces, when moved by the player, actually acted out the moves as if really, as if really specimens of their species. That's a weird way to say it. Yeah. Uh, if the pieces were not used for a certain amount of time or the game was abandoned by both players, they would simulate boredom. Actually, that's really normal for a video game because yeah, if you ever, sure. like... Play a Sonic game and then like let him sit there for two minutes yeah, and he'll start go, and he'll put his looking ar- at his watch. Ar- yeah, he'll cross his arms and tap his foot. And if you're playing Sonic CD, he'll kill himself. But yeah. well, not really. But it's kind it, of he'll jump off the edge. So here's a little bit about the tactics. Major Dark tournaments included the, ga- the Galactic Core Interzonals. The Kindon Strider Death Gambit was a notable tactic. So what do you think the Kindon Strider Death Gamble Death Gambit was <laughs> like as a tactic? Like yeah. like. You as a player physically strangling an opponent's uh, hollow monster. Can you strangle a hologram? Well, is it a hard light hologram? Like in a, uh, not, in the later seasons of Red Dwarf? specified, yeah. Uh, do, do you guys know what the tactic is? Did you look it up? No, I did not, actually. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's check it out. Here we go. Kinden, Kinton Strider Death Gambit. Uh, now I imagine that this is actually a reference, like somebody uses this in the comic or in a in a Kinton book. Strider is like a character. You know, it's what? a piece. It's it's actually a piece. Oh, oh, Kinton, oh. oh must be a monster. That is that the weird special. one? Is it the weird one that walks on two legs? Like, like Let's you see. see one that walks weird in the in the. So the Kinton tr- str- Kinton Strider Death Gambit was a move in the game of Dejaric in which one player would sacrifice the Kinton Strider piece. Though normally the loss of the Kinton Strider would be devastating, the Death Gambit would often be used to mask an even more devastating counter move from the player who made the sacrifice. That's pretty interesting. So you know, mm. this is what the Kinton Strider is. That's the weird one with the club. Yeah. It's got like a face in its torso. Apparently, also, that the Kintons are uh, also... Hut guards, like they're used by gu- uh, huts as guards. Oh wow! So and that's like if you weren't on Tatooine, you would use them as opposed to, I guess, Gamorrean piggy guards. So another notable tactic was the fork. What do you think? What do you think a fork is? Um, Gang up on one piece. Well, I imagine that you would actually like like do like a fork in the road, sort of like have three like kind of like block somebody in, and no matter what, they have to go up against something that's stronger than them. Uh, one hollow monster threatens at least two of the opponents so that no matter what the opponent did, one piece would be lost. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. like having, you know, you put a pawn check. in the spot. Yeah, it's like a check. Yeah, it's a check. It's considered a mistake to play, a mistake in play to leave oneself vulnerable to a fork. The word fork came to be used as a generic t- term for facing a choice between two disasters. We are well and truly forked. <laughs> is a quote. So it's, it's a check from chess, but it's also a vaguely concealed curse word. And yeah, that's a, actually what it is. It's just like a pun on a curse yeah. at this point. <laughs> we are forked. 
We are so. The Millennium Falcon had a generic the generic table in its lounge. Would you consider that like little corner of the Millennium Falcon as big as it got? Well, no, because it has it has an open enough space that Luke can practice that laser blast thing. That little round little yeah thing with the like that he used to defend against the lightsaber. That might be the next scene in the movie. That is. So speaking of the next movie, we know for a fact that. J.J. Abrams had his hands on a Dejeric table because one of the first pictures he tweeted from the set of the new film was was a, a, a photo of a... Something was written out. It was like a sheet of paper that explained something. I, it spoiled something. I don't even remember. But it was a photo on the Dejeric, the Dejeric table. Oh, I, I, I think it was... A, it said to the rumors of the Millennium Falcon appearing in Episode 7 are completely false. Yeah. But it was sitting on a Jajaric table. That's well, um, I mean, like, obviously that had to be in the movie because if the Millennium Falcon's in the movie, the Jajaric the the table would be in there, even if it was only appeared signals, in the background. man. It, it's, but, it, I mean, then later on we saw pictures of the Millennium Falcon and then even later we heard Kevin Smith talk about going to the set and visiting the Millennium Falcon. So, and is there a picture of Harrison Ford coming out of the Millennium Falcon where he broke his leg? Was there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like to imagine that's how he broke his leg. Like he starting a rumor. I thought the they said he he fell on one of the doors or uh, starting probably fell. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought it was a Millennium Falcon door. Um, Please write in and complain if I'm wrong. But the um, <laughs> so because the the Dejack table, the hollow chest board was in that photo, and because the Millennium Falcon is in the film. What do you think the chances are that we're going to get a glimpse at that table? Oh, or what do you think the glimpse, the chances are that we're going to see Dejaric in action? I think we'll see it in action, and I think the pieces this time will be surprisingly interesting. Like, there'll be some cameos in the pieces. <coughs> uh, yeah, like, I'm. it wouldn't surprise me if you snuck in, like, a Gorn from the new Star Trek films in there. Yeah, that's cool. Some that would be like a, that. That, well. R two D two appears in the last Star Wars in the last Star Trek film. That'd be like, an interesting in spot to squeeze something in. Like. Yeah, that's what I would do. Um, all right, so I have a question. They had to play As, all be tributes. I think homages yeah. in that game. That's what uh, I would do. I have a question. How do you think this game functions? As two accomplished game designers and me, um, what do you think? How do you think this game functions? In, so in this world, or so how would you play it? I think that each side has either four or five characters. Um, I feel like before the game, you are choosing from a large variety of characters. All of them have strengths and weaknesses and super special powers and everything like that. So it's almost like a game of like Hero Escape, where before the game we're going and we're picking up, we're, we're building our army. So I pick my five, you pick your five, and then we're starting them on either side of the table. Um, and you're working your way towards the center. Right. It's, um, it could be like a King of the Mountain kind of game. Exactly. So you're, who are you advancing? And once you advance somebody and they reach the center, who is the opponent advancing in, into the center? Um, if uh, we're both... Uh, once once we have two in the center, that's when the battle would start. And I think the battle only happens in the center. Oh, you sure about that? I don't know. That's yeah, that's yeah, what I'm, I'm suggesting. Right. Um, and... I don't know. There's three buttons. The three buttons could be uh, a, a variation of things. Advance, retreat, attack, uh, hitting two of them at the same time could... I don't know. It's it's We see so little of it. Yeah. You know, you think of chess, you move your character, your pawn, and, and something well, how happens. How would you design it if you were given the test to take the existing information you know so far and make an actually fun game out of it? Oh, man. That, um, that's the thing. 
That's what I couldn't figure it out. It could be that wide open here. How would I how would I remake Dejeric? Uh the first thing I would do is I mentioned already, simultaneous reveal. So what that is, is we're both gonna choose an action at the same time instead of instead of me um, moving my pawn and you reacting to it in chess. Simultaneous reveal is we're both choosing which pawn we're moving and then we reveal at the same time. Um, and and to do that, it, it adds that element of surprise and takes it away from strictly... I mean, there's a ton of strategy in that, um, but it moves it from strictly a strategy game and into um, a little more of that, that gambling risky side of it. Mm. And to me, that's just that's just more fun. Right. So what would you do, Alex? What's your uh, idea? I'm trying to base it on what I saw and all the details that I remember. And uh, the way I'd probably do it is I'd have everyone start at the perimeter and alternate their, their characters so no one owns one side of the board. Everybody's on the whole perimeter, you know, A, B, A, B, A, B. So if it's, I assume it's two players. I don't know. could be more. But whatever. All your figures start at the outside. And it, I, I'm thinking the way I watch it in the movie, the way it seems to be... It's kind of very casual, and by that I mean it, this, the strategy is probably very light, but high on entertainment because you're really kind of having fun watching the things happen. And I'm thinking maybe the three buttons are really broad choices. For example, first button could be light, medium button could be medium, last button could be heavy. And what that means is you pick one, and I guess somehow you choose which figure. Maybe have something to do with the, the lights on the sides. I don't know yet. You choose which figure to activate, and you hit one of those light, medium, or heavy, and depending on what you choose, what that figure does is either a light action, a medium action, or heavy action. For example, maybe light action is simply just to take a step around the ring that you're in, and maybe medium is to move into a more center ring. Maybe heavy is to uh, fight somebody who's next to you, no matter where they are. I don't know. But it's like more that simple. So it really doesn't require a lot of brain power. Interesting. I don't know. I, it seems kind of a relaxing thing to me, not necessarily a deep strategy game. Yeah, it is interesting how it's it's almost like it's just the visual entertainment, yeah. which which We're is slightly gamified. That's the way I feel about it. Which is yeah. not chess in any way. But then that goes against the whole idea of maybe Jedi playing something because you would think they would have something a lot deeper. But maybe it's the kind of game that's as deep as as you bring to the table. Maybe. Well, chess is kind of like that because yeah. most games I play between two people, I'm not crazy good at chess. I'm barely okay at it. So, uh, like any game that I play of chess is a casual, relaxed, like, yeah. there's no strategy to it, really, not in the same way that you're putting things out. And of course, if Jedi originally started this game, maybe that was a whole different game. Now it's got watered down for the general public. Well, they got, it's like <laughs> completely they have, unified. They have three buttons and the four. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but I like to think, though, <laughs> yeah, that, like, true. I like to think that the game originally was really boring, and that the version that we're playing is a super exciting version of it. Uh, maybe, like, imagine, like, you know, like their version of it, their version of Hollow Chess was just regular like pieces, like, like just stones wooden, or something. Yeah, and they would be like, "Oh, you know, that guy." No the... buttons. They use their minds. Yeah, but like then, like <laughs> this is the version that's really exciting because they were like, well, "It's had some monsters." Yeah, uh, yeah, mass if I had to take, Yeah, if I had to take a guess of what the gameplay is like, I just imagine it kind of plays like a really boring kind of game of chess, like just the normal chess game, but with exciting pictures. Right. But the game that I would love to see with it. Is a King of the Hill, King of Tokyo right. style game where in the middle of the board, that centerpiece is a spot that you want to hold. Yeah. And that, like, you're fighting off monsters in between there. But I maybe, would play the hell out of that. Maybe the closer you are to the center, the more uh, risky the fights are. So, at like, the outer perimeter, 
the fights, uh, the results are not so extreme. Yeah. But in the center, the, the most extreme. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> so in the center is like the great place to be, but the, the same token, it's the most dangerous place to be. All right, so I'm going to read some rules to to, to Jack. Yeah, is this uh, official rules? Is this uh, this is this like is fan made? It's got to be fan made. Because well, we saw that there was at least one video game or something. So, so I'm just curious. Here's interesting. Following Sabak, 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 Sabak. Yeah, that's that's that was Hol another card game and something. Hollow Chess is generally considered to be the galaxy's second most popular game. Second. Yeah, Sabak is the first. Where it's is, a really boring card game. Where yeah, did we see Sabak? I know we saw it either a car like an action figure or second. Somebody's okay. Uh, Sabak is a DC Comics villain. <laughs> Rules of Dejaric. Dejaric is played with a set of eight pieces, each of which has unique movement, defensive, and offensive capabilities. The players sit on opposite sides of the boards and each control four of the holographic combatants. Uh, okay, so. The Savrip has a rating of attack 6, defense 6, movement 2. So it's a CCG. <laughs> the Hujix has the ratings of attack 4, defense 4, movement 1. The object of the Jarek is to destroy all the opponent's pieces before the opponent can destroy yours. Oh no. Uh, you know what? That'll blow up. I'm not buying it. You know what? You know what that sounds like? It sounds like the first game I ever made. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was Who just wrote a this? variation of checkers or chess Who wrote this? where you added dice and. Attack power. So none. Like... An example of the game of Jajaric. Chewbacca and R2-D2 are playing Jajaric on the long trip to Alderaan. The game is started and Chewie smugly allows R2 the first move. Um, they only played like two moves in the whole thing? I don't know. I thought we were like in the middle of the game when we watched them play. Alright, yeah, so... Chewbacca's mentioned in a lot of stuff. That's just like a really common game. We just don't... I don't think we ever really see it in the movie though. The thing is, the thing is I don't buy this per fan's description because it's a radial board it's not it doesn't have sides yeah it's it, it, make, it looks like maybe eight people could play it, it you know. i think the the game is is at, at a glance there there's got to be a ton of i don't know how there's any variety in it because yeah. there's like three circles you know you can only right, be right. on the outer the middle or the center um it's just it's it's a game that was made up for as a prop. Oh yeah, you know? totally. Someone that's essentially what it is. Throw together a quick idea, and then thousands quick, of. Real quick, going back to that prop. Do you think that those are actual creatures like filmed in the universe, like they filmed these holographic figures, or did they claim it? Clay animate those figures oh, was, in the in the universe, like oh, yeah, like, actually in the universe, <laughs> like in the universe, not in the like, real world, but in that universe. Oh, so in the Star Wars universe, somebody recorded clay animations for the <laughs> for the well, monsters, the real creature. Well, that's the thing is that some of those monsters seem like they're sentient. We know that the big guys with the skull with the head torsos were guards, so they might have been like living creatures. That right. might be really awkward. Or it could be like video games are often made now, where it was people in elaborate kind of body armor shapes. Doing um, motion captures. That's true. Yeah, exactly. It, it like because they do all capture. have the same kind of look. Of creatures. <laughs> I like the idea. I mean, of if they were real, capture. if that was supposed to be the real creatures, they would probably not all look kind of the same. Yeah. They all look kind of the same in the game. They have the same stylistic, uh, which make, makes me think a company is responsible for this this version of the game. Or do you think it's like probably a three? Yeah, do you think they're three D animated? Like the holograms are like three D animated? Like they somebody made them and not right. somebody That'd like filmed guess. them. Because we know that they can film them without problem, because that's how they talk all the time. Right. Sure. It's hologram. I mean, that would be my first guess, though. It would be kind of fun to have something more unusual, I guess. So here's an interesting thought. Um, could you play Dejaric 
Nah, forget it. I'm not even going to go to it. Uh, let's close this up. All right. Um, Jarek, the hollow chess. Um, you've got a Millennium Falcon. Are you going to put it in hollow chess board in yours? Are you going to play it? That's like table? the only game you can get in the Star Wars universe. I guess I would. Yeah, the other games <laughs> in the Star Wars universe that we see look really boring. Yeah. I mean, it's better than a dart board. You know, that kind of <laughs> I, would, I would get it if I can make my own, put my own characters, like customize it. That would be really fun. That'd if you're fun. stuck with the stock, whatever, how many, what was it? I forget. If you're stuck with that, eh, not so exciting. You know, but like, right next to this to Jarek table is the blast helmet. And the lightsaber training with the uh, the, yeah, the little ball. That's, that's also which count. to me sounds like so much more fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so much more. Da- that's more dangerous than a dartboard. I think the the jar table. The main reason I'd have it if I had it at all was to distract people, passengers, so they don't notice the real stuff going on. Like the, if I had engine problems, the, the, all the or... spice problems that you're doing, things you're doing. Spice or do you think problems. it's spice? That spice is their drug. I my, my Dune there for a second. I'm confused. Yeah, it is very Dooney. Maybe it's like the kind of game that is handed down. My dad gave me an old Go uh, board, yeah, and I keep that it. board. And you, you know, it could be worth something. It could be worth money. That's true, That's true too. Well, okay, but I have another ending question, as we always do. Okay. With the holiday season being here, yeah, um, would you buy a Dejeric board? For Christmas, if you lived in the Star Wars universe, though technically their holiday would probably be Life Day. If you would, would you buy one for Life Day? That's a Wookiee holiday. Well, you're celebrating this Wookiee holiday oh, okay. in this fictional uh-huh. universe. Um, <laughs> would you I be- would just, I would like to hope that there's better games out there. <laughs> yeah, I really suck if it, if that's the best Star Wars universe has to offer for game entertainment. I'd well, you know that's the thing though is suck. that like if you remove the board, like if you didn't have like the board, the the round circular board shape, you could just use it for any board game technically. It's true. Do you think that maybe that the because that game seems to be so lame, seems to be lame uh, as far as a game goes, maybe that's why that transfers into people where they grow up having such lame skills, like the stormtroopers that can't shoot properly and things like that. <laughs> like, cause they really get really good game training when they're growing up. Yeah. Well, this was we have to we have to forgive it somewhat. Because this was the seventies, right? They just didn't have that same board uh, game thing going on. I mean, like yeah, they did much better uh, games in the seventies than that. Cosmic Encounter came Skittle out. Skittle Bowl was better than that. <laughs> Cosmic Encounter came out in seventy. But you know, did did do you think George Lucas played Cosmic Encounter? I think he played lawn darts, and that's about it. Which is why the thing looks like a dark movie. He might have. <laughs> but speaking of Christmas, instead of or the holidays, what Life Day, whatever it is, um, in real life. Uh, there's there's a Dejaric uh, sideshow made a really cool Dejaric uh, board table with all the characters on it for the twelve inch. It's a toy, yes, beautiful. Yeah, for the twelve inch. Um, all the little monsters figures line of uh, of Star Wars figures. So, and then you said they also made some of the monsters in larger size format, right? I, I think I imagined that. <laughs> um, but I know for sure sideshow made this. Sixth scale uh, board and figures, and it just looks so cool. And sideshow stuff is usually like two hundred dollars for a character, um, and the and the the boards. It's not the, a commercial for them. The boards sold. It's like, really cool. Sold for like fifty bucks, which is just such a cool add-on to your, you know, for your diorama or whatever you've got going on. And I think on. you can move the pieces. I think they're moving. Yeah, it, it looked like it. The Jarek board. What are your thoughts? It definitely uh, spiced up the. Uh, Millennium Falcon a little bit. The, the lounge area, the Millennium yeah, Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> Without it, I mean, we wouldn't have that great line. and It's cool. With the ripping of the arms off line? Yeah, yeah. let the Wookiee win. Yeah. Alex, thoughts? Um, 
I I love that in the movie a lot, of course, and uh, it just makes me though kind of want to make a game, design a new game that's kind of a reskin of it. <laughs> that is fun. That's all. That's homework. But that's everything. That that would be homework. Um, Marty, I think it's neat. I like it. I like the scene. Uh, I think the board looks really cool. I want to play with that. I want to play a game mostly because I want to look at the pieces or the the pieces. I'll put in uh, air quotes. Um, otherwise, I, I I'll try it. I probably wouldn't like it. Like the game itself, because I'm not really a strategy game kind of guy, but uh, it would be fun. So yeah, I, I would give it, you know, I'd give it a decent. Grade. I actually really like it. Now I think about it as as a game. So far from what little I know, because there's no wooden cubes in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I can think is it's it's better than if they made Hollowopoly. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on Hollowopoly. You know, like. But you know what the beauty of Hollowopoly would be? It takes five parsecs to play. Well, yeah, but the, the <laughs> beauty of Hollowopoly. I don't know. <laughs> the beauty of Hollowopoly is like playing a video game, a Monopoly. There's no house rules. You have to play exactly by the game, and that's uh, it. And that would be beautiful. Mm. Like there's no free money or free credits under uh, free parking, which you don't do. What if they put a Tron character on the board in the new movie? Oh, that'd be really good. Isn't it? That would be really good. I'm voting for that. And we're back with the Star with the F*** Game Show. I'm your host, Jason Tagmeyer, and today's guests are... Melvin Fett. M Melvin Fett? Melvin Fett. I'm cousin to the famous bounty hunter. I'm currently on a mission to hunt down a guy named Jar Jar Binks. I hear people don't like him. All right, Melva Fett, Mel, Mel, Melva Fett, Melvin Fett, and UYM, Unidentified Yagi Man. <laughs> I will call you Oim for short. Oim. <laughs> I'd rather call you Yagi. Is it Yagi Man? Yagi Man. Yeah. Yagi Man. Well, if you identify me, yes. Can I call you Yagi Man? I would not object. I tend to look pretty crappy when people draw me. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I identified Yagi Man. All right. So the question I have for both of you today, you're going to tell me what this this thing in the Star Wars universe is, and this thing, uh, which might not be a thing, it could be a person or anything. This thing is called Abeloth. A B E L O T H. Could be anything. Everybody ready? Yeah. We will start with Yagi Man. I believe the Abeloth is a furry, large furry creature that okay. lives on a lush tropical planet. And this creature um, is known because it has super psychic abilities. Okay. That's my guess. I'm going to take a guess. And I'm going to say it's a large-ish reptilian creature that lives on uh, some kind of really weird planet. And it's probably rideable. We probably see it be ridden. And um, I'm not suggesting, by the way, that it's the creature that Obi-Wan rides. I just don't have many ideas. I think he's, uh, he's quite large. He's probably maybe a little feathery. I don't know. <laughs> I, know what I know what you're doing this time. Alright, so <laughs> I'm gonna explain what Abeloth is. You guys are both right. Abeloth is a creature. Yeah. yeah. Um But which one was closer? Uh, <laughs> we will see. 
Abeloth, also known as the Bringer of Chaos, oh was God. a being very powerful in the dark side of the Force. She first lived as the servant, a mortal woman who serves as powerful ones on an unknown jungle planet over 100,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Blah, 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 blah. It looks like a crazy ghost octopus. Um, what? What? That thing is awful. Everything this, about that is terrible. I love that thing. No, it looks great. That's a tad waiting thing, to happen. That's, just like, that's like a baby now, kaiju. What the it, hell? It, I said jungle, which is pretty uh, darn... I said tropical. It's pretty darn close to jungle. You just said weird planet. <laughs> I just figured... Like, I was thinking Volusia. There's, there's like, like seven planet. paragraphs about this Abeloth. When Jason Solo fell to the dark side in 40 ABY and became a Sith Lord Darth Cadus, he unintentionally awoke Abeloth. Blah, blah, blah. Our winner is Unknown Yagi Man. Yes! Because you Woo! said he had, it had psychic powers yeah. and it has some kind of power and it's not feathery in the least. Yeah, and I said tropical. There you and go. You said weird. <laughs> Who said weird? I said weird. Oh, weird I might have to planet. take that back. No, I said weird no, planet. Because it is weird. <laughs> but I said the weird planet's planet. weird. All right, Yagi Man remains the victor Woo! in this. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. This episode brought to you by Stone Rosetta. Talk like Yoda, you can't.